Thanks for downloading the RCF podcast. You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Felix Gilbert, in week eight of our current series, Impact. Now, I'm going to try to be uh, succinct. Um, I have a lot to share with you, and if I don't make it, we'll pick it up next week. Uh, but I just, and I know the hour's late, and we normally only do an hour and a half service, and we still have to go to the gym and to the youth center, and I don't want to keep you long. So um, I want to hit one thing this morning, um, just one thing. Repeat after me, uh, then, then we'll go to where it say, when I pray, it's not about me, it's all about God. One more time, say, when I pray, it's not about me, it's all about God. Amen. And, and I'm going to try to be as succinct as I can and summarize as much as I can uh, theologically in the next few minutes. I knew we were going to be tight today. Um, but we've been dealing in, with this story in Mark chapter 9 about this father who had this demon-possessed boy that brought him to his disciples, and the disciples were enabled to deliver the, the demon out of the son. And Jesus shows up on the scene, and Jesus was able to cast the demon out. And then uh, at the end of the story, once Jesus performed the miracle of healing the boy um, and taking the demon out of him, the disciples took Jesus to a private after party and pretty much asked him, Jesus, how come we were unable to cast this demon out? And Jesus' response to them is that this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Just come on, say this kind real quick. Just say it real quick. This kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. And so I, I kind of devi- segued from that to kind of talk a little bit about prayer. And Wednesday night, I said to you, one of the things that I wanted to talk about this morning is a lot of us pray and we don't get our prayer answered. And I want to share with you why it seems that sometimes God will answer prayers and sometimes it seems as if God will not answer prayer. Okay, anybody want to know? And, and you, can, you can already tell I won't be able to deal uh, with this theologically in one setting. So I'm just going to give you a high-level overview, and we'll work through what we need to work through on Wednesdays and upcoming weeks. And we're going to go to a passage of Scripture to read. But I want to give you, and I made some notes to kind of keep me on track this morning. I want to say something. Here, listen to this definition of prayer. Okay, I'll, I'll be reading and explaining to you. A classic definition of prayer is this. It's an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Okay, I'll say it again. Very, very important. I want you all to hear me carefully because this definition is going to begin to set the stage of why it seems as if God will answer some of your prayers and God will not answer other prayers, okay? Sometimes you pray you don't hear from God, and we're going to still deal with this thing on how this kind only comes up by prayer and fasting. Once again, listen up. Prayer is an offering up of my desires to God for things agreeable to His will in the name of Christ with confession of my sins and thankful acknowledgement for God's mercy. So whenever I pray, it's not about me. It's all about God. Come on, say amen. Are you with me? It's, it's all about God. And I know, I know there's a whole lot of questions and a whole lot of scriptures that talk about, you know, he will give you the desires of your heart, all this kind of stuff. We're going to deal with this. We're going to talk about because the reason I want to broach the subject, in this story earlier Jesus said that if you ask anything, uh, if you believe God and ask God for anything, everything is 
possible with God. Then in another passage, you hear him saying, if you have faith and not doubt, you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it must do it, okay? So there's a teaching permeating through Christianity, um, I'm going to just get in trouble by saying this, that has fooled us into thinking that we can obligate God to do whatever we want him to do. Are you with me? And, and, and the reason I'm saying that it has fooled us into believing that, because let me just be coarse, and I'm going to love y'all, and y'all forgive me for saying what I'm about to say, okay? But if we're dumb enough to think that we're, we're God's dad, if we're dumb enough to think that we can tell God what we want and obligate him to give us our stuff, then he has ceased to be God, and we have replaced him as God. Are you hearing me? And the reason he is God is because we don't move him. He created us, and Romans still says the created things cannot say to the creator. I mean, I think it's one Old Testament passage that says, will the potter say to the clay? Are you with me? Okay, so prayer is all about God and not about us. Very, very important. All about God and not about us. Come on, say amen. amen. Now, let me, let me go. I'm going to move really, really fast. Go to Matthew chapter 10, uh, Matthew chapter 6. I want to just show you a passage of Scripture that I want to read. Um, just to kind of hit it and, and talk through it so you can kind of get a feel. Matthew chapter 6, and go down to verse 9, and um, we'll talk through this real quick. Okay? We're going to stick on the subject of prayer. Come on, you guys are going to have to move quick. If you've got an electronic device, punch it really, really fast. Here's what verse 9 says. This is the disciples, once they see Jesus praying and they see him doing all this miraculous stuff, here's what they said. Hey, Master, teach us to pray. So verse 9, Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. And notice how he opens up by saying, our Father, who is located where? Yes. Come on, everybody talk to me. Who's located where? Yes. Now, last week we talked about the transcendence and the eminence of God, meaning that he is far away but his eminence says he still exists within our realms and we can feel him, touch him. Come on, are you with me? That even though he's far, he's near. And so what Jesus is saying to his disciples, don't get it twisted. God is still far away. <laughs> so he says, our father who's located where? In heaven. He fills the earth, okay? And because of where he is, worship his name. Holy or hallowed is your name. Now look at the next step of the prayer. My prayer is this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done where? How? As it is what? Very, very important principle. I'm going to say this now, and then you're going to get this a little later. Now, listen to me carefully. When you get to heaven, Scripture says you will not be given in marriage. You will not have... Y'all know that Scripture right quick, okay? So if it's about God's will being done in earth like it is in heaven, listen to me carefully... Me praying that God gives me a man or a woman or a husband. You guys, y'all still with me? Because it's not about what I want done in the earth. It's the heaven being manifested in earth. I'm going to move really, really quick. You kind of see how some things will get answers and some things will not because some things don't matter to God. I wish I had somebody in here. We'll talk about this. So it's his will being done. In the earth like it is in heaven. And then notice the petitionary prayer. Okay, once I, I put things in order, I can make my request known. Okay, so God, give me this day my daily what? 
It's a need prayer, not a want prayer. Everybody okay with me? It's a need prayer, not a want prayer, okay? Not, Lord, give me steak and potatoes. Just give me enough to survive. Lord, come on, take care of me, okay? So God, 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 keep me alive so I can be about you. So give me our daily bread today, okay? And then watch this verse 12. And so, Lord, because uh, it all flows together, forgive me like I also forgive those who, um, who have messed me over. Yeah, so don't expect God to move on your behalf if you're still hanging on to stuff. I'm, I'm moving quick. I'm moving quick, but I want you all to track with me because part of him responding to your prayer is you've got to start to act like him. Yeah, so, so we can't say, God, forgive me, and I can't stand Stephanie's guts. No, it doesn't work like that. Oh, Lord, forgive me while, you know, you're helping me to love her. No, 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 no. Love her first and ask him to forgive you. It's a command. Are you tracking track with me? I'm going to move really quick. And then look at this one. Um, and lead us or lead me not into temptation. And that last phrase is extremely important. And deliver us from what? And deliver us from what? Very, 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 very important statement that I want us not to miss, okay? So let me say this real quick and I'm going to move. Prayer is about um, God's will being realized in the earth and not so much my personal desires. This kind comes only by prayer. In that phrase, this kind, it's not my wants. Because some of the things we're praying for... I say this over and over again. All we need is a good job, and we can go buy it. We don't need to pray for it. Come on, y'all. Are you with me? And I oftentimes say this. God is not obligated to do for us what we can do for ourselves. So prayer is all about God's will. Come on, say it again. I want you to say, come on, say prayer. prayer. is all about God's will. Okay, so when I'm praying, I must align with the will of God so that God's will can be done in the earth realm, okay? I'm, I'm moving quick because I want to get to a passage to show you something um, in the book of Daniel. Now, here's what I said Wednesday. I said God is omniscient. Let me tell you what the omniscience of God means. It, it means that, um, that his infinite, he has an infinite understanding of things past, things present, and things future, what that really means is that when you go to God, there is nothing you can hide from him. When I go to God, there is nothing I can hide from him. Let me tell you how that plays itself out. Because of him knowing things past, things present, and things future. I can fool you into knowing what my heart is, or I can fool you into understanding what my motives are for wanting something. I can't do that with God. Everybody, everybody okay with me? You can't do that with God because God, God, he is omniscient. That means he has all knowledge. He has all understanding and he knows everything. So when we go to prayer, God sits in heaven and watches you like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm, you, don't, you, you must have forgot what I saw. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and you want that because you're going to do what for me with it? Sure you will. Um, <laughs> he sees all that because he's omniscient. So with God, he doesn't have to wait for, him to ha for it to happen to know about it. He can go into the future and see tomorrow and tomorrow's tomorrow and tomorrow's tomorrow. And he makes a decision not based on the moment but based on eternity. 
because he sees the end before the beginning. Does anybody know that about God? That's what omniscient means. So you, let, me, let me just go here real quick. So you might be praying, God, give me a car, and God says no, and you can't process that because you're saying, I tithe faithfully. I'm, I come to church every Sunday. I'm a faithful prayer warrior, so I, you ought to be obligated to my stuff. But what you don't realize is six months from now, God sees the car accident where the car could potentially kill you. I wish I had somebody in here, and so he could prevent you from getting that thing right now because he knows it's not best. <sighs> so it's all about his will. It's all about his will. So when I pray, I say, Lord, I am offering up to you, and I walk away from it because it belongs to him. It doesn't belong to me. It's all about God. Somebody say it again one more time. Say it real quick. Say it's all about God. So then what's the difficulties with prayer? How do we... How do we Move or how do we know why does God, let me say this way, why does God answer some prayers and why does he not answer others? Give me a few minutes to do this real quick. Let me read, let me read this. Listen to this real carefully. In attempting to answer the first question, it is necessary to bear in mind that prayer is not to be thought of in mechanical terms. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Prayer involves a personal relationship with God. So the reason why God answers one prayer and not others, it has nothing to do with volume or length of prayer themselves because prayers involves a personal relationship with God. Sincerity and unaffectedness in that relationship are more important, okay? And you cannot be, hip, hip, um, hip, there should be no hypocrisy or formalism in prayer. Let me tell you what that means real quick, okay? You can't not know God then need something and go to God for it. One more time. You can't, or we can't, let me use inclusive pronouns. We can't not know God, then need something and go to God for it. Okay? It's kind of like my children not speaking to me for 20 years. Then all of a sudden they end up in jail. Hey, Dad, my favorite daddy. Dad, you know, I've been your favorite. Hey, I'm in a little bind right now. Can you bail me out? Here's what daddy going to say. Who are you again? And sad to say, because a lot of us are not in constant communion with God, the only time we engage him is when we find ourselves in jail. Are you with me? And then we get mad when he doesn't bail us out. Prayer involves a relationship, okay? Here's how he says it in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. So don't wake up one day and pick up your phone and dial 111, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, I need you to pick up right now because I'm in trouble. I need you. He's going to say, you're still in trouble. It demands a relationship. So number one, you must have a, we must have a relationship with God. Come on, say, are you, come on, say Amen. We must have a relationship with God. Okay, very, very important. So listen to this. So assuming we have this relationship, the most fundamental factor is, is the relationship between the one who prays and the express will of God. Okay? Let me say that in English. Okay, one more time. A knowledge of the will of God as it is revealed in Scripture. Assuming I have a relationship with God, I now need to know what God's will is. And the only way I know what God's will is I must read his word. 
It almost feels blasphemous to hold us up and say his word, you know. <laughs> you know, but, but one of y'all who got a Bible, just go like that real quick. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the saved people. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But this is my Bible too, so it's cool. Um, but you got to know the word because that's the only way you'll know the will. You must know the word because that's the only way you're going to know the will. So we must know God as he reveals himself in Scripture. This is very, very important. I'll tell you why in, in, in a little while, okay? So once we know the word, we can pray based on God's will as expressed in the word. Here's how Matthew puts it. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So what I'm trying to say is this. Whenever we pray in the will of God, it's almost a, well, let me just go ahead and be blatant and say it. It's a guarantee that God's going to realize his will. Okay? I'll give you some basic examples. It is God's will that everyone be saved. If a person goes to him and says, Lord, save me, I am guaranteeing you he's not going to say no. I'm guaranteeing you that, okay? It doesn't matter what you've done or how bad you are or how distant you've been from him. If you go to him and say, Lord, forgive me and Lord, save me, I am guaranteeing you he's going to do it. Are you with me? And, I, and that's a very, very elementary example, and there's more like it um, throughout Scripture because it is his will that sinners come to repentance, and on and on and on and on and on it goes in Scripture. Those are just some basic examples. But there's also example where God may and God may not. And it has nothing to do with how deep you are in your walk with God. Here's Paul in Corinthians. There was given to me a messenger from Satan sent to buffet me and torment me. So I am sick of this thing. So Paul, he's going on fasting and praying for three times. Lord, take this thing away from me. And God said, no. Because my grace. I know some of y'all wrestling with that. Because to live in the earth, Paul, it doesn't matter what ailments you have. Because it's not about you walking in the flesh and having the ailment rule you. If you move out of the way and let my grace reign in your life, you can make it. Okay? You want me to move this thing so you can do you. What my grace is doing is it's forcing you to depend on me because you realize you can't do you with that thing in you. Are you with me? Come on, talk to me this morning. So tell you what, I'm going to leave that mess in you to force you to pray because the moment I take it away, you stop praying. And that's why God won't bless a lot of us today. Lord, bless me. And the moment you get a good paycheck, you stop praying and you stop seeking God. God, give me a husband. And the moment he gives you that man, you stop praying and you stop seeking him. So sometimes he's going to say, to keep you in my presence. Because it's about my will. I want a relationship with you. I don't want nothing else becoming God in your life. So sometimes if you can't handle it. Uh, yeah. Because I'm omnipotent. I'm sovereign. I know everything. And I know what's going to happen. I don't care how much you explain it. All you know is what you know. I know what you don't know. <laughs> Come on, say it, man, if you're with me. 
So we need to learn to trust God like that. And that's difficult, guys. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult. Here is Jesus himself, God incarnate. This is the flesh talking. Lord, if it's possible in the Gethsemane, take this cup from me. Man, they're going to they gonna, they gonna beat me. They're going to pluck my beard. They're going to pierce me to the side. Don't you know that don't feel good? Can't we do this differently? And God said, nope. And so here's Jesus. Okay. Not my will, but he submitted his personal desires to the will of God. One more. David committed an evil deed with Bathsheba, and they gave birth to a child. The child got sick. Here's David. Lord, raise my baby up. My baby is sick. Heal my baby, God. And he's praying, and his royal army's coming. Come on, King David. Can we join you in this room? Come on, come on, baby. Like, no, 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 man, I can't. I got to pray for my baby. So, Lord, you got to heal my baby, Lord. That's my child. God, come on, God. You got to work this out with me. Don't let me have to deal with the pain of a loss. God, heal my baby. And God said no. And the baby died. In the death, once the baby died, David said, oh, okay. I guess that's what you wanted to do, so I'm cool with what you want. So he got up, hey, y'all, don't we have an army to go beat? And they're like, what's wrong with you, David? Weren't you just crying for a moment ago? How come you're okay now? Well, it wasn't about me in the first place. It was about God, and God did what God wanted to do. So I'm cool. I'm cool with God's decision. Oh, come on. I, I, you, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Because a lot of us right now are still angry with God because we want our desires to supersede God's wisdom. And we can't process what he did because we, we feel that we knew better than he did. Prayer is not about me. It's about the will of God. Come on, say me if you believe that. Okay. Now, let me, do, let me do three things real quick. And I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Um, in praying... Prayer has to do with the will of God as revealed in Scripture. Um, when you're going to pray, there's this thing called the heart, the conscience, the mind, the seat of our will and our emotion. And so here's what we do. I know God told me. I'm riding on it because I know God told me. Is it written in Scripture? No, but God told me. And like, oh, wow, really? I've done that. Don't act like you haven't. Because I was sleeping and I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw him. Now we do it like this way. I had a dream. Yeah. <laughs> I got issues. Pray for me. But, 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 but you, you, I mean, you know that 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 it's God. And the thing don't happen. Right? What do you do then? Let me show you something in Scripture real quick. Then we can, I'm almost there. So say this with me before we go. To say, guard your heart. Yes. Say it again. Say, guard your heart. Yes. Go to Jeremiah 17. Come on, y'all. Hurry up real quick. I want to show you one more thing like this. Um, Jeremiah, what's that? Let me see here. Yeah. Jeremiah 17, and then jump down to verse 9. There's Jeremiah. 
Yeah, there it is. Okay. Yeah, go there real quick. Yeah, I want you to see this. Jeremiah 17. Everybody there? Come on, say amen if you're there. If you're not there, just write it down and look it up when you get home. Listen to what it says. This is Jeremiah saying, the heart is deceitful above what? All things. And beyond what? Cure. Who can understand it? Let me tell you what Jeremiah just said. I'm going to read the next verse. The heart is the one thing that will fool you and you can't fix it. <laughs> it's beyond cure. Okay? Now watch the next verse. Verse 10. I, the Lord, I search the heart and I examine the mind to reward a man or person according to his conduct, according to what his deeds. What's the word? The, whoo, that's some stuff right there. God says this to the prophet. Your heart will jack you up. You don't know it. You can't fix it. It'll fool you into thinking certain things. But let me tell you how I operate. I search your heart. And, and, and remember the, the, the omnipotence of God. When I search your heart, I don't search present. I go past, present, and future. So I can see things you don't know. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and because I, I look at the beginning and I look at the end, listen to me carefully, my response to your personal desires is based on what's best for you. I make the decision, not you. So that thing I've been praying for that God hasn't given me, I've got to resolve, man, I guess God figured it wasn't for me. And be okay and move on. Can we do that, guys? Are you with me? Say this kind. Say it again. Say this kind. Okay? Very, 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 very important thing. Now, let me, let me show this other part, okay? Now, desire, so, so I might be praying for health, wealth, fame, all that good stuff, anything that has to do with the physical I must resolve those things that they belong to God. That's his business, not mine. If he blesses me, praise the Lord. If he doesn't, I still need to be okay. Okay? Now, sometimes this involves um, physical things when it comes to the will of God. We need certain resources. We need certain power. We need certain, certain things to do what God wants done in the earth realm. I want to show you something else. Okay? Now, listen to the last thing I'm going to say. Sometimes... God wants to answer your prayer, but the enemy knows that if the answer gets to you, it'll have impact on his kingdom. So he will intercept the answer. Oh, I ain't got that. I'm going I'm to land here real quick. I'll make it, okay? Sometimes when you pray, God releases an answer. But because the devil knows that the answer to your prayer is going to impact kingdom. In other words, it's going to change you. It's going to make you different. It's going to make you stop doing what you do. It's going to give you the resource that you need. It's going to do everything you need to do. And you're going to be a different person because you're going to hear clearly the word of God. Then all of a sudden you're going to have kingdom impact. Those kinds of prayer, this kind. Yeah. He, he, he is going to release, ah, I wish I had somebody in here, the forces of hell to intercept the answer to your prayer. 
because he knows if it gets through, he's in trouble because of what God's going to do through you. Let me share one scripture. Go to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. Let's go there. Then we're going to end here. Okay. I'm just going to say a couple things. Daniel chapter 10. Once again, if you can't get there, just write it down. It's all cool. Um, Daniel, and bear with me. Let me just read. Yeah, this is fun reading. So let me read. Yeah. You guys are there? Daniel 10. And I'm going to say some things real quick that we're going to have to come Wednesday to work it out. Say amen if you're there. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, come on, say Persia. Persia. A revelation or a word was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. Its message was true, meaning that that word really did come from God, and it concerned a great war. Okay? The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. So I'm saying that to say, there are times when God will speak to you in visions and in dreams. Okay? So don't think that he never does. The author is saying, here's a situation where that was the case, and God released the word, and it was a true word, and it came to Daniel in the vision. Verse 2. At that time, it says, I, Daniel, moaned, or you can say fasted for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no water, no wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Okay? Now watch this. So let me paraphrase. I prayed to God. And I went on a three-week fast because I needed to hear what God had in store for me. Verse 4. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt uh, of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like crystal-like. His face was like lightning. His eyes like framing torches, and his arms and legs were the gleam of burnished bronze. And his voice like the sound of a multitude. Look at verse 7. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. And the men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed me, them that they fled and hid themselves. So I, left, I was left alone, gazing at this great vision, and I had no strength left because my face turned deadly pale. I was helpless. In other words, when God started to do something, it just freaked everybody out. Verse 9, I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. That's deep. Verse 9. Let me just paraphrase real quick. Man, when the, the, the messenger opened his mouth, I was slain in the spirit. That's what that's saying. Verse 10. My hand touched me and set my mouth, uh, set me trembling on my hands. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said, listen to this. You are highly esteemed, Daniel. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you. Okay, so here's what the angel said. Listen carefully, Daniel, just like I'm saying to you all out here. Listen to me carefully, okay? And stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up. Verse 12. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain an understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. Real quick. God is not deaf. So praying a million days for the same thing doesn't really make an impact on God because he heard it the first time. That's what omniscience is. Oh, Y'all missed that, huh? Terry! It's cool, Terry, it's cool. But you're not tearing so God could hear. <laughs> you're tearing for your own discipline. You're not tarrying to move God. 
Come on, I want everybody to hear me, okay? Because if, if he missed something, then he really isn't omniscient. He can't miss nothing. So if I said, Lord, help, he heard. He heard. So here's what he said to Daniel. The very first day at the beginning of your 21-day fast, the moment you say, Lord, give me a revelation, the angel said, God got it. I wish I had somebody in here. But then notice what he says. But then what he says, verse 12, verse 12 um, don't be afraid, so on and so forth, so on and so forth, verse 13. Look at verse 13. Um, now let me finish 12. But then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, from the first day that you set your mind to gain an understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come, I have come in response to them. Look at verse 13. Very important. But the prince of the Persian, what's the word? Kingdom resisted me for how long? 21 days, look at the next phrase, then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, watch this, because I was detained there with the what? King of Persia. Now, let me tell you what's really going on here. Back up to verse 1 really quick. Let me say this. Look at verse 1 of chapter 10. In the third day of Cyprus, king of who? Everybody see that? Here's what this messenger and some commentators say was probably Gabriel. The moment you open your mouth to pray, Daniel, and you release that word, God heard it because he knew the answer to that prayer would have kingdom impact. Because I wish I had time to give you literary context about the Israelites being in bondage and captivity, and it was about his people being released and all that good stuff. So check this out. The goal of Satan was to keep God's people in bondage. And, and he knew if that word made it down, that victory was going to be yours. So the moment your word got through, God released me 21 days ago. And y'all got to read this story. To come down and answer your prayer. And I said, here I am, Lord, send me. I polished my wings, got my shoes on, put my sword, put my helmet on, my blood pitcher. And I was like, go skydiving. Yeah, and man, I'm zip-zooming to the, the heavenly to come down there. Then all of a sudden, an ambush. I wish I had somebody in here. And listen to what he said. I ran into the prince of Persia. Okay, so y'all missed this because you missed verse 1 and you just missed that verse. Here's what's happening, and I wish I would, you had time to deal with this. I don't because I'm restricted on time, Okay. Over all the realms of the earth, Satan has assigned demonic forces to keep eye over it. The author says, I'm talking about Persia, and my people was in Persia, and I, God himself, has angelic realm over all the regions of the earth, and anybody in here knows Satan to be an imitator. I wish I had somebody in here. And then God releases his angel to come to Persia. And at the same vein, Satan releases his forces who is over Persia. You can't let that come through because if that makes it through, it's going to mess up our kingdom. Now, the fight lasted 21 doggone days. And those of you, if you read the story, you will find out that even after the word got through, the fight wasn't over. I'm getting ahead of myself because the angel said, now that I released the word to you, I got to go back and continue the fight to help Michael. So here's the thing. He's caught up in this fight for 21 days and he can't get through. But Daniel keeps praying. 
And in the prayer, so here's the thing you got to lock into. It's not for God to hear, but because this kind was intercepted. Are you with me? So God, something must be wrong because I know you're not a deaf God. So why don't you go ahead and send backup? Ah. And so God releases Michael. And I wish I had time to deal with this because a lot of us have fooled ourselves into thinking that Michael is the only archangel and the only one that's powerful enough. No, no, no. Michael is not omnipotent. There are millions and gazillions of Michael and there's a Michael assigned to Aurora just like there's a Michael assigned to Denver just like there's a Michael assigned to your house just like there's a... I wish I had somebody in here. Just like there's a Michael assigned to your marriage. God has this arch thing. And, and and he releases Michael, and Michael goes, and he's strong enough to deal with the demonic foe. Well, not so much to deal, to open up a pathway so the prayer can get through. Are you with me? Because he had to fight and resist and hold him back enough so the prayer could get through. And when the insert happened, the angel said to them, hey man, I can't leave my boy Michael up there by himself. I gotta go help him up because he's responsible for Persia. There's a whole lot going on down here. He goes and he helps. Here's the thing. Some of us, our prayer life is only such that it releases, what's the lowest rank in the army? It releases private angels. And they have limited authority. You got to know how to get God to send majors and generals on your behalf. Are you with me? Lord, how come we couldn't deal with this demon? Well, you thought it was a private. And humanistically, I've given you authority to deal with privates. I wish I had somebody in here. But this kind, <laughs> you've got to call for some backup. You've got to get me to go up the rank a little bit. Are you with me? Because some things you can do by yourself and you think it's all about you. But you, our prayer needs to be such that we cause God to go up the food chain and release angels over us. You wonder why your child can't get off drugs? It's not so much that the drug got a hold of him. But God, the, the, the enemy knows if that word can break through, what will happen? But this is what we do. You are old drug addict. You are old wine head. You ain't never going to be right. And as long as you keep saying that, the enemy keeps winning the battle in the spiritual realm. Speak life and not death. You're not a drug addict. You're not a wino. You are a child of God. Lord, you better send Michael because I'm going to keep praying that deliverance can come through. You are not this. You are not that. Lord, you better send me some help and the persistency in our prayers. I wish I had time to show you all of this in Scripture. Are you hearing me? This kind, this kind, this kind. And in our frailty and in our prayers, we give up too quick with the initial prayer. Ain't nothing going to happen. 21 days, man. And here's how Paul says it in uh, Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and authorities, and listen to the word, rulers, plural, where? 
Heavenly, yeah, heavenly realms. You got to get this. The battle is not fought here. Me going off on Derek is not the battle. Something happened here where the enemy keeps releasing his demons and his demons comes in me and I go off on Derek. No, 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 no. It's not about that. It's what's happening here. What we see manifested in the earth realm is simply symptomatic of what made it through and got to you. This kind comes out only by prayer. If you're engaged or dating or involved or whatever with a person that you don't seem, that they don't seem like they want to change, you might go to a different level of prayer and call a different type of an angelic realm to come through so breakthrough can happen. See, y'all thought the word breakthrough was about what we see in the spirit. It's breakthrough the heavenlies to get to you so you can have breakthrough. Are we getting this, guys? If we want to have ministry impact, I'm done. It takes a different level and a different kind of prayer. Please hear me, okay? It's not that God didn't hear you. And it's not that God doesn't want to answer. It's going to be about his will. And those things that align with his will, the moment you opened your mouth, he released a response. Okay? The delay a lot of times could be what's happening are you hearing me? And you got to know how to fight differently. You don't give up in the fight. That's why Paul says the race isn't given to the strong, not to the swift, but to him or her who endures what? And he says, run with patience the race that's set before you. People, we are engaged in warfare. And I want you all to hear me. We are engaged in warfare. And it's going to take a different level of fighting. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope that you can find a way to impact the community around you through this church or a local church around you. We also encourage you to find a church to get connected to, whether that's here at RCF or somewhere close to you. If you want to find out more about RCF, visit rcfministries.org or watch us live on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on the RCF Network. Thanks for listening.